Consequence Podcast Network. Bora hey, Iconic Army. Bora hey. Welcome to part two of our D-Day album review. Yeah. We left off with the emotional turn of Amygdala, and we're so excited to dive into the passionate emotions of the rest of the album. Yeah, let's get into it. Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're your hosts. I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Your favorite informative fangirl podcast. All right. Today we're going to hang out for about an hour and talk about the second half of D-Day. So we're going to be talking about SDL, Polar Night, Interlude Dawn, Snooze, Life Goes On. And then we previously covered People Part 2 when the music video came out in the original release. So we're going to be getting into lyrics, production, just our overall connections and feelings about these songs. Yeah. Before we get into today's episode, we want to say thanks, Iconics, for being here and for all of your support. If you'd like to support us even further and have access to our episode documents, our monthly virtual Iconic Hangouts, and our sound checks, please consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash standing bts or if you'd like you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standing bts podcast your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out bi-weekly episodes but any type of support is super appreciated thank you all for being here and for listening thanks so much so our charity of the month for may first of all there's so many causes happening in may may is so busy and so many things that are worth our attention but something that we've never drawn attention to on the podcast before is skin cancer awareness month and you know what you need to wear your sunscreen. Wear your sunscreen. Like yes. uh, my sister-in-law, honestly, is the one who got me on this, but she's a Florida native and she talks about and is a huge advocate for how common skin cancer is, how much you need to wear your sunscreen, even if it's cloudy, even if it's super overcast, you need to wear your sunscreen. It's anti-aging. I mean, truthfully, <laughs> if you want to look young forever. Yeah like BTS okay then wear your sunscreen Um, wear your sunscreen though so seriously this is this month of May is skin cancer awareness month and so spread awareness by first of all checking yourself for any suspicious moles or spots getting them checked out by a doctor encouraging your friends and family to do so and also 
preventing the most common form of cancer by taking these preventative measures of mm-hmm. wearing your sunscreen and other protective clothing like hats or sunglasses when out in the sun. Mm-hmm. So very important. Take care of the largest organ on your body. Your skin. Yes, it is the largest organ. Yeah. Yeah, So definitely take care of it. Um, So if you want to support this cause, you can find out more about preventing skin cancer and to help spread awareness. You can visit the Skin Cancer Foundation at skincancer.org. Yeah. Um, Also, if you want to donate or support another cause this month, it's also Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's also Mental Health Awareness Month, too. We've supported these causes in in the previous years of this mm-hmm. podcast but we just wanted to bring a, a new cause yeah um, for this month of may yeah the sun's coming out so yeah. protect your skin summer soon protect your skin but mm-hmm. definitely support those causes as well yes okay Let's, Let's get into the album. Let's do it. Oh my We're God. starting off with SDL. So for the production of SDL, it was written and produced by Augusti and El Capitan. This song has a more mid-tempoed R&B beat. There's a little bit of trap mixed in too. It's not really slow necessarily, but it's very mid-tempoed. It's yeah. not fast. It's not a, a heavy hitter like D-Day or anything like that. It's just this very sonically lovely song there's these hi-hit claps there's a staccato keyboard that has these notes playing uh there's a passionate rock guitar that's strumming throughout and of course i think the highlight of the song or one of the highlights is adora's backing vocals oh yeah it's so euphoric how Mm. she sounds the song just has this very blissful feel to it yeah her her background vocals really contribute to the R&B vibe of the song Mm -hmm. and I just love how like we know that People Part 2 comes next on the album and how People Part 2 has the IU feature Mm -hmm. with that very R&B female vocal feature so I just feel like it's a very smooth transition it's a smooth transition it's Mm -hmm. a smart time to bring in some female backing in the album and in the song itself it sounds so lovely it is Um, we love to hear Adora anytime we think that she's amazing yeah I love that she's on this album and this song truthfully like I feel that it's the soundtrack to the most perfect, sunny, beautiful day. Yeah. All good vibes when you listen to this song. All good vibes. Actually, my husband Jordan has like definitely declared that this is the best song on the album. It's such he, a bold statement. He's very, I mean, he And I was, wouldn't expect it from him. It was only after like the second time listening through the album with him also, but mm-hmm. he just says that sonically it's the best song. He loves how it's produced and he mm-hmm. thinks that it is such a vibe. It's one of those you could hit repeat forever and ever. Yeah. So yeah. It is beautifully produced. Yeah. yeah. So let's go ahead and dive into the lyrics of this wonderful song. I, of course, I want to start by talking about the first verse and really what I felt the first verse was overall about is not taking love for granted. Mm -hmm. The song being somebody does love, he starts us off by making us think about who is that somebody? Who are we loving or how are we experiencing love? So he asks us some questions like, who do you love? Like asking you who it is that you think of, who do you live for or smile for? And who is it that you cry for? And that he's mentioning that it's only love that you would cry for, that you would have this these grand emotions for. Um, and so 
he's he's asking us all these questions to put us in the present moment and also cause us to reflect on who we are and how we love. Yeah, I love that he does this in the first verse. It really uh, sets the stage, really makes you contemplate about who you do love and who loves you and just the true meaning of the word love. Like it's not a word that is always thrown around lightly that, you know, there's a real heavy, deep meaning to who it is that we love and the people we care about. Yeah. Yeah. And he reminds us that we can't forget about it. We can't it's take it for easy. granted. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's easy to be complacent with it. But mm-hmm. yeah, we really cannot take it for granted, I think is his main message here in the yeah. first verse. Yeah, which kind of gets us into the second verse. And the second verse, he's talking a little bit more about a love that maybe is is fading a little bit. He's really talking a lot about how human relationships really are difficult and that we don't always get what we want from it or things don't go the way that we plan. And what I really love about in the second verse is how he talks about the memories of a past relationship or something, saying that memories are bound to be glamorized. See, they're already faint. And it just really made me think about some of my friendships that I've had or like past like loves that I've had where I feel that especially in the moment where I felt like we were growing apart or we were changing or anything like that I just I would hold on to those memories and I would just like put them on a pedestal Mm. and be like oh but we're you know this this love our friendship is so great and instead of like growing with it or changing with how the friendship was reconstructing or developing and growing I was trying to hold on to that like that past the memories of of the past and how the friendship was or something so that was really my friendship with my really good friend from like kindergarten like we've been lifelong friends and so as we got into middle school of course we're changing you know Mm -hmm. we're making other friends we're learning more about ourselves and our just as individuals but for me like that was the first time I really had experienced how people change and how I'm changing and that, you know, obviously we're still friends to this day, like best friends. Yeah. Um, but it just, of course, like our friendship just kind of changed and I had to adapt to that. But I remember thinking so much about just those memories. Like I really was like bound to like glamorize those, those moments. Yeah. I think like the line that really sticks out in relation to that is the would it be you of the past that I'm missing? And when you were idolizing those memories that you guys had built up before going to middle school and how great your friendship was all of that time, and now you had, you know, at that time had felt like you were growing apart, would she even be the same? Would you be the same? Like, would you Mm -hmm. be this, you know, would you still get along and would you still share that? And I think that that's just like this wonderful question about love here, you Mm -hmm. know, wondering if you can come back together and then like knowing here with your story, with your friends like yes you you have and you were able to grow and change together and Mm -hmm. your love that you share as friends was able to do that as well over time yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely um I just love also that he is saying that memories are bound to be glamorized because I often do not glamorize my memories like I find myself all the time thinking back to something, even if right after it happened, I felt like it was incredible, amazing, the best thing ever. Every time I think back to it, I am like putting all of these like negative thoughts on it or like picking myself apart in the situation and like being hypercritical. And then I'll just like 
paint myself in my own memory in such a negative light or make up mistakes or like problems or something that like really weren't there or really didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so like I tend to do the opposite to Which memories. Which crazy. I know. But and he talks about that in this second verse. You know, yeah. He shows both sides of like glamorizing the memories but also feeling feelings of regret or lingering mm-hmm. feelings that are, are still there saying that human relationships are really difficult uh-huh. you know and yeah like I I feel that and I want I, I think in relations to like love like you kind of brought up like past romantic relationships mm-hmm. you know even like those like I was I never thought back on them fondly after they ended because I just like felt so bad that they ended, you know? Yeah. So it was hard for me, you know, it's hard for me to like glamorize those, mm-hmm. those memories, but the really, I I'm think, such a nostalgic person though. I know. <laughs> like I really glamorize them. And I think when, when you put it in that perspective for me, like uh-huh. thinking about it from a nostalgic way or like even those friendships from a nostalgic way, like, of like I yeah. feel the love for that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the important thing here is that it's the, the love that's lasting and the love that is genuine that you're going to feel those warmer memories about, you know? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Anyways, verse two was amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in verse three, I just have to say at the beginning, he has some very like BTS army coded lyrics. Like Mm -hmm. I cannot read them anyway, but because he says, Also, it's a beautiful analogy, but he says love is like sunlight pouring down on a spring day and rolls in as the winter sea fierce waves before we know it. And so I just love like this, like love permeates all things, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's this unstoppable force is this imagery that we're getting. But of course, the mention of spring day or of winter or even of the sea and the waves, all of those things give BTS imagery. Oh, yeah. Um, BTS army. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Like that that connection, that everlasting bond feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so special here, too, at the third verse is that... The last two lines of the third verse are almost the same as the last two lines of the the second verse, but he changes it to have a much more optimistic outlook. He says, would it be the past times that we're reminiscing about, or would it be each other of the past smiling in those memories? So instead of like looking back on those memories and feeling any kind of regret or lingering feelings, he's saying here, like, we're smiling in those memories and those yeah. moments. And I just feel like it's so, it's so beautiful. And in the chorus, he says over and over again of like, somebody does love you. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly in this song talking about like the love that he has, the the people that he loves mm-hmm. in his life. Yeah. And that everybody has someone who loves them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about you. Yeah. You. Mm. I feel like you think about me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel too. Yeah, it's, he loves it's, army so much. It's very reassuring as mm-hmm. a as the listener too. Is it's a comforting song. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I really love SDL. I do too. And I loved when we first got the track list of like wondering what is SDL, what is SDL, yeah. and the fact that it's somebody does love. Like what an amazing theme too. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, he carried the theme of love into People Part Two, which as you. Bethany said at the top of the episode we already talked about a couple episodes ago the entire production lyrics and music video for people part two when it dropped as a pre-release track Mm -hmm. Um, but that song really was all about love
love. And if Yoongi himself is deserving of love or as we as people as complex human beings who are both good and bad, mm-hmm. um, how we experience love, how we give and show and receive and if we're capable and able and all of those deep questions about how love and people relate um and so we just we love its placement here on the album coming after sdl we think that it it flows really really well hand in hand Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they really Mm -hmm. go and like i mentioned the iu feature earlier like those vocals really pair up and the r&b vibes you know the similar Mm r&b vibes of the two songs so it's this nice little like love moment on the album it is yeah yeah. he has a whole section dedicated to love here yeah 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 All right, so the next song we're going to talk about is Polar Night. So production for this, produced and written by Augusti and El Capitan, like the majority of this album. There is a song that is sampled in Polar Night. And so we got this translation from Dual Set. And so in the D-Day Live that Suga did, he mentioned that he started writing this song as he was turning 30 in Korean age, which reminded him of the song Around 30 by Kim Kwan Sok. And so he sampled and reconstructed the guitar instrument of Around 30, upon which he built other layers. And so we also have Kang Sung Woo as the the composer and lyricist of that original song. So it's just interesting to see that he was turning 30 and he thought of this song and thought, hey, I'm going to go ahead and put it sample it in polar night I yeah i think it's really neat that we know the sample yeah i think it's awesome that we know the sample because normally we are just left wondering or yeah. we have to search endlessly like, what is that it sounds so familiar yeah, yeah. so thank you minyungi yes, thank you minyungi <laughs> yeah okay so this song it really stood out to me first time listening through and i think it's because of the intensity of this song like there is he's rapping so fast and so like intently and passionately but it's over this slow beat so like it's just like a real slow simple hip-hop beat you know it's got a slow drum beat there's this soulful guitar and piano that you can hear in the background that guitar coming from around 30 that sample yeah but it just the contrast between the slow beat and the fast rap Mm -hmm. it just really stands out I feel like some of the best rap songs are this type of dynamic like this Mm -hmm. fast rap over this slow beat because it's really like the rap laid bare like this is what it is what you're here for to hear what they have to say um it it gives a little bit of that like leaning poetry slam vibe because of the you know like Mm -hmm. the rap being so forefront and like such stand out over the slower instrumental i also just love this kind of like like i just think it's iconic like I think the best rappers do this type of type of thing you know and he really delivers it so well yeah yeah in his voice you hear these tones of disgust and disdain Mm. but it it's a great listen regardless of that like but he you can really hear this like disgust in his voice yeah I mean it made me immediately want to figure out what he's talking about what is he saying yeah yeah so let's go ahead and get into the lyrics and I just have to praise this intro so much I don't know what it was like during research I'm like wait Kayla go back like let's listen again Mm -hmm. because right at the beginning he says between countless truths and countless lies are we looking at the world the proper way and Kayla you said that this really sounds like his thesis statement for the song yeah yeah it's like the it's such a strong introduction but I love how he wraps this part of the song like because of that slow beat 
he's rapping very much in rhythm and beat to the slow beat. And it sounds like he's counting us in it, just like a music, you know, like a, like a dance instructor's like mm-hmm. one, two, three and four, like, right. or, you know, like a music teacher. Yeah. Like, it feels very much that way in how he's rapping it. And so he lays it very clearly, this thesis statement here, like he's walking us in and leading us in. And then he just slaps us with this really fast rap <laughs> into getting into the first verse. Yeah. It's a great whiplash It here. is. It really prepares us for this song, but I yeah. just think it's very clever. It's so clever. And it <laughs> makes that main statement, the thesis statement of the song really stand out because mm-hmm. he delivers that so clearly, so directly at the beginning that then he, in the entire song, just dives into that whole topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the topic. It's genius. Yeah, it's Ugh. so genius. It's Min Yoongi genius. Yeah. So let's get into his first verse. At the beginning, he's talking about, he says, the gap between instigation and fundamental nature what is it that I'm gaining for I can't live like shit in this shitty world and I feel like right here like I really relate to this because I think he's talking about that he's about to stand up and speak out for something and there might be backlash but if he's not doing this like what else is he gonna do like he's just gonna continue to live in this place that he thinks could be improved and not improve it not try to add to it Mm -hmm. um I feel that way like I you know very much like advocate for things that I'm passionate about and it's hard for me to sit idly by and not say anything yeah just take it or accept it and just accept it but the question of what is it that I'm gaining because you really don't get anything out of advocating for things you more so get backlash I mean you might make a little bit of progress or like if you join a movement and together you all can make a progress 100 percent. but as Mm -hmm. an individual standing out alone like it's very very challenging it is challenging and thinking about him here in his position too I think he's saying there's not much to gain if you're living between that if you're not doing something yeah Yeah. at the same time totally Yeah. yeah he says Killing anyone not on the same side is what today's justice is. Left and right, black and white, at the end of this is scripted play. The audience rips each other apart and draws blood. A war without gunshots. And so I just feel like, I mean, here he's talking about, this is where we really understand the title of the song, Polar Night. He's talking about extremism, extreme views, this left and right, these polar opposites, right? These polarized views and how people are going to be so easily vilified regardless of their viewpoint and that that's the, you know, quote unquote, today's justice. Yeah. I also love that he says in this scripted play, like this black and white, this left and right, like this is, this is, someone has created this. This has been created so that the audience, like most of us, like regular, like just every like nine to five job day people that were the audience and that were ripping each other apart of right. this scripted play of like creating this polarization right. and like we're, we're the victims of it. We're falling into it. Totally. Yeah. And distracting us from what really matters, right. right? Distracting us from like things that like we could actually be working on, like world hunger mm-hmm. or, you know, like things like that, that are definitely things that could be conquered. But because we are all so concerned about these other like just because we're all concerned about these other exaggerated issues that yeah. have become so polarized, you know, we can't focus on what actually needs to get done. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's really calling attention to that here. He is. Yeah. At the end of this verse, he says the extreme choice of making anyone and everyone an enemy, if not on the same side. And I really like the the word choice here of the extreme choice. Like if you really think about it, we're not going to agree on everything. And I also think it's very weird that it's either black or white, it's right or left. Like you have to be so extreme one way or the other. And it just doesn't make sense that people would be one way or the other all the time. That's just not realistic. And he's saying that like how extreme it is that if someone has a different view from you to be immediately enemies, like that's just so extreme and picking one side or the other is very extreme too. Yeah, totally. To not even think that you could maybe find some common ground, some Mm -hmm. common interests. Yeah. 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 So the pre-chorus is is a heavy hitter too. He's really just talking about how everyone has their own ideologies. Everyone has their own differences here. Uh, the first line he says, even political correctness is assessed according to one's taste. Political correctness, like I used to think that this is more of like those universal political correctness that like, oh, that's not pol- politically correct. But he's here saying like, actually like it's up to one's taste like it's basically where you're from your upbringing your ideologies you know that can decide whether you think it is or isn't politically correct like that's being assessed by someone's own taste too right um right and then yeah. i mean he, it's a term that is used as if it is universal though. right as if everyone that's knows not exactly correct. what that is right. what that line is or if everyone believes the same line shouldn't be crossed you mm-hmm. know i think like societies overall make societal norms about that but i still think that within those there's a lot of debate and discussion that people have mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. and he, I mean he goes on to say in the pre-chorus even truths and lies are assessed according to one's taste perspectives are brought from within one's ideological ground so this is what you were just talking about mm-hmm. like what you are what how you grow up you know your family style your your background your culture that you like live in if do you live in a city do you live you know like what part of the country do you live in like mm-hmm. all of that's going to contribute your education to who you are, who you become. And all of that is going to form your own unique perspective and worldview, even unique to like likely your family. You will still have some elements of your worldview that is unique to yourself, that even your closest family members who shared the same experience in youth, like your siblings may not have that same worldview or that same perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just I feel like overall here in this pre-course is really talking about the confirmation bias that humans experience. We, the brain is a natural pattern recognizer and you see patterns over time throughout your life that creates your perspective. Mm -hmm. And when things happen in media or in society that confirms that you see that and you log that Mm -hmm. as this is how things are. Yeah. Yeah. Those are your truths. Right. Your truths. Everybody's truths and lies. Right. And so it really is hard to see what is real and not real. What is what is true, what is false. And so he gets into that in the chorus. He says, and in his thesis statement at the introduction, between countless truths and countless lies, are we looking at the world the proper way? It is all dirty. Can I too say I am clean? And the 
the use of like, it's all dirty. The world around us is also dirty. Like it makes me think it's, there's a mud of lies and it's hard to, to know the truths within the lies. Our own confirmation bias, it's hard for us to really see the truth if we're our whole lives looking for this, we believe this one way and have never really looked outside of that. Right. And, yeah, there's just so much information out there that it's really hard to know and see the world in a clear way. Mm-hmm. It's all dirty. And I love how he's too saying like, I too say like, can I say that I am clean? Like right. he himself, he's like talking about it, but he's like, but truly like, can I even say like, I know what the truths are. I know what is right and wrong. Like it's, it's very muddled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, also, this is the part of the song where I feel like he sounds the most disgusted, right? And like, the, is, is also dirty. Like, he's so disgusted with what we have become mm-hmm. as, you know, a civilization with the countless truths and lies and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to mention about the line where he says, can I too say I am clean? Like, it, it feels like he's acknowledging that everyone is affected by these countless truths and lies, you know, Mm -hmm. that the world is throwing on us that, you know, and like, it's impossible to be virtuous. It's impossible to like not inadvertently spread lies that you thought were truths from your perspective at that time. You know, like I feel like everybody could look back at something that they could say that about. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to like, everybody is going to be affected by this. Everyone's affected by Mm -hmm. it yeah yeah and that's definitely what he's saying by like questioning himself like am I too like am I clean are you can you say you're clean is he am I part of the problem right yeah right yeah this part also really made me think a lot about the social dilemma and just the take on I don't know if you've seen that like docu-series on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, Mm -hmm. but they talk a lot about the polarization and really the media's place and why the world has become so polarized, uh, blowing stories out of proportion, like straight up falsifying information. And the media really can feed off of and benefit from the polarization of these different views. And so the media pins people against each other. Like you're either on this side or that side, or, you know, they can really make someone look like a villain. And, you know, it's really terrible. And so... it's just so really fucked up if you think about it it's super fucked up I think that docuseries also talked about like how social media will continue to feed you stories within that same vein so that is only going to contribute to your perspective and confirmation bias and worldview Um, I really think about my parents and the mm -hmm. media that they see I'm like how do you not know that this is fake yeah sometimes you know and they they really feed off of that Mm -hmm. yeah but I'm sure I see a lot of media too that my parents are like how do you not know that that's fake I'm like how am I I think I'm just as guilty sometimes. Right. I mean, this happened super recently of like the media blowing something way out of proportion and where it was these countless truths and lies and also a distraction from something else that could have been celebrated. So I just wanted to share. Mm -hmm. Um, You may have heard during the women's NCAA March Madness championship was LSU versus Iowa Hawkeyes. And there's these two star players, one on each team, Iowa's Caitlin Clark and LSU's Angel Reese. And Caitlin Clark is a white player. Angel Reese is a black player. And earlier in the game, Caitlin Clark had like her, her had trash talked, had said like, you're up 15 points, shut up. Like, yeah. and she like waved her hand in front of her face, like as like a taunting thing to Angel Reese. 
And later on, Angel Reese hand waved her, you know, her hand in front of her face, kind of back to Caitlin Clark. This is like the type of trash talk and sportsmanship that happens all the time that people do on the court all the time. Yeah. Not really crossing any lines here. It's all in competition. And what the issue was here is that the media took track of this and they were vilifying Angel Reese, of course, the black athlete from LSU, and talking about how horrible she was, how poor of a sportsman she was, and, you know, just how disrespectful she was when Caitlin Clark had done... She was the, the first to thing. do it. This yeah. first to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and on top of this, Caitlin Clark comes out and has to defend her competitor saying, this was all, you know, this was nothing. This was just the game, you know, like mm-hmm. the media is totally blowing this out of proportion type of statement. Yeah. And what's really unfortunate is that this became like the big story of the NCAA women's championship bracket, which sucks because women, it doesn't des- matter, women right? deserve to be celebrated right. and not pit against each other, especially across like racial lines and team mm-hmm. lines. Like it's just, it, it was so much of that was so unnecessary. And it was all 100% cultivated by the media. And so it was just terrible. And at the same time, the media could have been talking about the incredible story of LSU's other star player, Flajay Johnson, who this year, earlier this spring, competed on America's Got Talent with her own original rap and so awesome was amazing uh-huh. like we, we could have been uplifting the star player who was also in the championship round of the bracket but instead we're conflating and totally making up yeah. countless countless lies yeah but and so many people believed it too i know so many people believed it, it was totally taken out of context mm-hmm. and you that's mostly what you get with the media it's all taken out of context right. and you really don't know the full story so you just have to do your own research but super unfortunate that the media is like this they always report on negative topics and that unfortunately is what gets views or or reads or whatever and so the news that's why I don't watch the news my parents watch the news I'm like how do you do that because it's all so negative it's It's also negative so hateful yeah and I think like at the end of this chorus he says like between malicious questions and indiscriminate criticisms what is it that we're fighting for Mm -hmm. like why do we let this affect us so many of us so much that we as individuals in our communities within our friend groups within our families you know are fighting about these types of things yeah yeah we really should be joining together not fighting against each other right right yeah yeah at the beginning of the second verse he says while some shout out about all kinds of justice with their tongue covered in blood others silently laugh at them in the era of everyone having something to say keeping your opinions to yourself makes you a bystander people dare to point their fingers at you this is like really loaded because Mm -hmm. like as I was kind of saying earlier in the first verse like I tend to stand up and advocate for things and the people who aren't are like they really are like wow she's fucking delusional to think that what she's saying is going to do anything or she's putting herself out there like there's so much risk involved in that you know like I feel the the laughter kind of behind my back so to speak you know but at the same time I truthfully believe keeping your opinions to yourself makes you a bystander so like how people dare to point their fingers at me like I could not 
care less because mm-hmm. at least I'm doing something. At least I'm standing up for what I believe in. Mm-hmm. At least I'm saying it and taking action instead of just letting it and being passive. And yeah. to me, that's more important. I'd rather mm-hmm. say something than nothing. Yeah. But it seems like whether you're being a bystander, people are pointing fingers at you or, you know, if you're being an advocate and talking, you know, really advocating for people and then there's going to be people who are silently laughing at you. Right. So it kind of seems like there's no winning. There's no know? winning. You got to, I mean, yeah, you're going to, you're, you have to pick your battle, right? right. Like it's going to be strife either way, either within yourself, maybe feeling guilty for having not stood up or maybe f- wishing that you had like, more courageousness in that moment to have said something or whatever, mm-hmm. if it were like a situation. Um, but like if you're standing up, like mm-hmm. there's a lot that comes with that too. Yeah. And you know, so, and a lot of backlash that can come with that too. Like you really can't win mm-hmm. and it's a choice. Right. Yeah. Right. Again with Yungi saying that there's no winning, like him talking about, I'm always losing. I'm there's always no losing. winning. Yeah. 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 At the end of this verse, he says, I beg you, face this uncomfortable good intention, the noise created by yellow journalism, the choice made in someone's favor. And oh my God, he like threw me all the way back to like high school AP US history with yeah. that term yellow journalism. I was like, ooh. A long but, time since we've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, base, I mean, it's just sensationalist and exaggerated journalism, which I feel like we've been talking about this media polarizing and exaggerating the whole time. And here he's, if you hadn't gotten it yet, you know, he's laying it out for you. This is exactly what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I love this last line, the choice made in someone's favor, because it is someone who's profiting off of what they're choosing, the yellow journalism that they're choosing to run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the people that are profiting off of it. So, or the people who got the story to run, you know, how yeah. celebrities will influence like TMZ to run this story or that story or leak things to insider or whatever. Like yeah. propaganda, yeah. man. I think about propaganda and just it's how the media propaganda. can so mold your beliefs mm-hmm. and it has, there's so much, higher up choices that are going on, you know, the choices that what they decide to put in the media is really in someone's favor. Um, and to shine the spotlight on one person or to make another person look bad or on certain issues or topics. And it's so difficult too to like do a lot of research and figure out really what the truth is, you know, and it's time consuming, but you have to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. you really have to get to the root of what you believe to be true, what lines with your values, but like not taking everything you see in the media just for granted, not for granted, but like just believing it as truth. Um, yeah. And I love how he ends polar night. He ends by saying, what is the point of fighting among ourselves? I tell you, our spearheads should be directed upwards. Hell yeah, Minyungi. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, The higher ups, the whoever's making these decisions, who's ever pinning just regular folk in society against each other and really distracting us from who is in power and kind of molding us to believe certain things or go against other people and not really knowing why yeah. or questioning why who's really yeah. making the decisions that are affecting us and that's where our energy should be directed at yeah. you mm-hmm. know wow this song is incredible it's a great song i fucking love this song yeah it's it's like a easily like i want to go back and listen to it like you said it's a standout on the album the first time listening mm-hmm. through like it really stood out 
And something else I just want to say about Polar Night is I'm such a strange enthusiast, Mm -hmm. the song with RM. And I feel like this could be like a response to Strange or like a Strange part two, because in Strange, he talks so much about like, there's this mist around us, you know, this society around us. Like, why are we this way? Do we, how can we not see these things? And it's so easy to be blinded or fooled by the media and all the truths and lies that are around Mm -hmm. us. It's so dirty. Yeah. Um, so I really feel like this is like a response to Strange, yeah. or at least like a continuation. It's a continuation of yeah. a lot of what's talked about in Strange. I totally agree with that. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Strange is so like question society, Ugh. and now Polar Night is like now continue to now yeah. pick it apart. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Get your, uh, point your spearheads up and like, let's do something about it. Right. Like, <laughs> he's starting to like rally us together yeah. here at the end. <laughs> the revolution's coming. So yeah. anyways, yeah, I've, I fucking love this song. Hagum, mm. that's right. Get on board. Um, okay, so let's talk about Interlude Dawn. So this song, just like every other song, incredibly was produced by Auguste D and El Capitan. Uh, they were both on the keyboard for this song, and El Capitan contributed to the strings. This song is just gorgeous like it sounds like the score for a movie yes it does um it has this really passionate guitar that brings this soft ballad like rock vibe towards the end it harkens us back to the earlier songs of amygdala and d-day kind of brings that rock vibe back into the album Mm -hmm. and i think that this song has really great placement when this album first came out and when we got the set list you really pondered like that's so late in the album for an interlude interesting that the interlude Lude comes so towards the end, but it feels like we really needed a breather after the heavy hitting topics of Amygdala, SDL, People Part Two, and Polar Night. Like that's a lot back to back. It to back is a to lot back. back to back. Lots to think about. So this yeah. definitely gives you a breather. It gives you a time to collect your thoughts and move on into the to the last part yeah. of this album. Definitely. Uh, I do just really want to say like it's gorgeous. I feel mm-hmm. like for an interlude, how can it be one of my favorite songs? <laughs> you know, like it's all instrumental, but it is so beautiful. It really mm-hmm. does sound like, like score music. And I think it transitions us so beautifully into Snooze. So Snooze is next on the album and it features Ryushi Sakamoto and has Sung of the Rose on it. So the production for this song, it's still Augusti El Capitan and then Ryushi Sakamoto and Kim Sung. I really briefly want to talk about Ryushi Sakamoto because we did see him in the documentary Road mm-hmm. to D-Day. And for both of us, it was one of our favorite parts of the entire documentary. It is just this really beautiful moment with Yoongi meeting one of his like all-time favorite musicians. And if you don't know him, Ryushi Sakamoto, he was a Japanese composer, record producer, and actor who pursued a diverse range of styles as a solo artist and also as a member of Yellow Magic Orchestra. And he really influenced and pioneered a number of electronic music genres. And so it's just He's written a lot of score music too. So coming off of Interlude Dawn, you know, you hear those strings, you hear a lot of that like classic score composition mm-hmm. in it, which I just I'm like 
Yoongi is yeah. so talented. Yeah. Um, but it just transitions so beautifully into Snooze where you hear Ryushi Sakamoto's piano playing and a lot of that influence that he had on this song too. Yeah, for sure. Like I love when they met Yoongi saying that he wrote this song with his with Mr. Sakamoto's music in mind, mm-hmm. you know, and how he wanted to be able to convey that same level of emotion. I love that he was looking up to his composer idol in such a way and I feel like really able to do so like this is a very passionate song it is um set gave us some insight from Suga's V Live also saying that he sees this track as sharing some characteristics with two of his previous songs so far away and dear my friend which we totally see also Mm -hmm. like we felt the dear my friend vibes just from the balladness and also the it feels like a letter it feels very personal and intimate when he's telling us and the lyrics are more straightforward it's not you're not reading in between the lines to interpret or trying to find like multiple layers of meaning here Mm -hmm. he's really telling us exactly the message he wants to convey which is very dear my friend yes um and he also is someone who knows so well about the tough times and his suffering. So this song is really for the artists who are up on the up and coming track of their careers and working hard and putting in the hours, the blood, sweat and tears. This song is for them. This mm-hmm. song is to help them keep dreaming and help them like ignite their passions, but also know that it's OK to rest and take care of yourself. Um, Definitely the main message. The main message. Yeah. He says he's dedicating this song to everyone. Everyone in this world who survives on snoozes, sleeping in snippets, and striving to fulfill their dreams. So lovely, amazing. And I, oh, it's so heartfelt when it comes through here in the song. It really is. This song, production wise, really reminds me so much of First Love. And with how this song and Yoongi's rap intensifies right at the end of the snooze reminds me so much of First Love. Also feels a little bit like intro Nevermind in a way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of callback, yeah. I feel. And the fact that he's talking to these younger artists who look up to him, you know, I think he really reflected on himself during that time when he was a young artist. And so first love and intro never mind was really during that time where he was really grinding oh yeah yeah. Uh, where he was living off of snoozes oh totally I feel like that's a major reason why we feel the the first love vibe so much that Mm -hmm. build that first love distinctly has and the the need to get your message across that it has I feel Mm -hmm. like really comes across here but also, when I first heard this song, first time listening through, I was like, when he got to the bridge, I was like, I've heard this before. I know what this oh, is yes. from. This is it's it's from something on D one. Like I have to go back and all listen. of armies like sh- like their backs completely straightened. Like, <laughs> hold up, Wait. I know this. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> this he has lines that are lyrically and rhythmic rhythmically reflecting lines from August D, and it is interlude reality dream, and then so far away. Oh yeah. So in the interlude reality dream he first is just saying dream with the dead space in between but he says the dream on the same rhythm he delivers Mm -hmm. it here in this song and in so far away which is the next song on that album he brings that dream rhythm back and then he raps in between it exactly like he does on this song so talk about bringing it full circle talk about really himself back to how he felt in those times when he was really grinding Mm -hmm. and the type of what he would want to say to himself what he wished somebody would have said to him or support him is what he's doing here now yeah yeah 
And we just really quickly want to talk about Woosung's voice before we get into the Mm -hmm. lyrics because... Oh, you can feel the empathy in his voice so, so much in this song. Like, it's like he's acknowledging your pain, but also bringing comfort to you. It reminds me much of like a mother, like if a child is in a lot of pain, a mother acknowledging that pain and feeling that kind of sorrow and empathy for her child, but also comforting her child at the same time and you know I just really get that from Song's voice and it's very much in tune with the message of the song too yeah. so uh, gorgeous piano that mm-hmm. plays throughout the song steady mild beat with some strings in it too of course um it's a really really beautifully composed song yeah just so amazing. I mean, if you haven't watched The Road to D-Day yet, you need to watch the live performance. Like, Sung's voice in the live performance is so incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, amazing. Oh, yeah. So, so phenomenal. So let's get into the lyrics of this song. Yeah. And as we, we said... We love this song so much. We love this song so, so like, much. we're really passionate about yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like... I feel that way about all the songs in this yeah. album. But, like, this song really struck us. The background of him going and meeting with Mr. Sakamoto, who is, like... Who he had heard his music for the first time. That at was a, his idol. Right, that was his he idol. He has his idol on the song where he's talking to his fans who idolize him. Ugh. You know, it's just very... I don't know. All the, the layers. Yeah, it just makes it so meaningful. Uh And so when we dive into the lyrics, in verse one, he says, it could be a strenuous journey and the path that I've walked may have looked like a flower path, but no, it's a thorny one with enemies on all sides. So he's acknowledging that it has been a tough road and, you know, it hasn't been easy. Despite the success that you can see he has now, Mm -hmm. it hasn't, you know, come easy by far. He says, I hope you never forget those who throw flowers onto your path for you. When you're smiling, don't ever forget those who are crying because it's your smile who helps them live through the day. And I hear he's acknowledging the fans, Mm -hmm. the ones who throw flowers on your path for you, the ones who celebrate you and how I just it makes me think about how like D2 literally saved my life. And like Mm -hmm. I have cried so much to Minyugi's music before. We said he saved us from the pandemic. We saved he he really (laughs) did. And so, I mean, yeah, if him knowing this is him knowing that I make my fans smile and that can get you through that hard day. Like, don't forget about the reason why you're doing doing this is Mm -hmm. for the fans and also the people who support you yeah yeah because focus on that focus on that more more than your enemies focus on the people who are supporting you and are Mm. throwing flowers on your path and rooting for you this whole time your family I think even more so is like what he says lower down what is it that made you choose this painful and lonely path don't ever forget that reason even after time passes so is it because of all the love and support of your friends and family and your fans that like you're able to continue on but also remember what made you fall in love with it in the first place and how is that gonna continue to drive you yeah don't forget your why don't forget your reason for starting yeah and kind of going off of that into the second verse he really addresses the your peers are made to be your enemies he says this place is a war war zone without gunshots the brutal yet beautiful good and evil determined by numbers when i fail to kill someone i become the one that dies why do I have to kill someone when this scene is not a boxing ring? So yeah, really looking at like the competition of like 
you can't even support your other musician friends that, you know, you're all pitted against each other, but like you're creating art. Why is art this competition? Also really makes me think of just the K-pop industry to a degree too, you know, like those survival shows and, you know, you become real good friends with these people. You all have the same passion, but you're put into a position where you have to be nasty. You know, you have to be all about yourself and it's almost like you're having to put the other people down and it's this very competitive scene and it's just not it's not pretty it's a war zone without gunshots yeah a culture of competition determined by numbers here when he says determined by numbers that stands Mm -hmm. out because it's like all the charts you know all the sales all that you know and whoever can get highest on the charts whoever has the most sales like well then they're definitively the best and it really should not be to go back to polar night. It really should not be that black and white. It's not just who's at the top. Clearly they're the best, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, we've seen BTS at the top and we're like, yes, they're the best. Of course they're the best, but we don't need them to be at the top for us to believe and to know that they're the best, that they make incredible art and music. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's, it shouldn't be about the numbers, but yet this competition is driven by it, you know, ruthlessly. Yeah. Yeah. He goes on to say in verse two, I hope you never laugh at someone else's misfortune because you never know if you'll find yourself in the same situation. Mm -hmm. This is, I mean, this is making me think about karma in Mm D-Day and just how you, what you put out is what you're going to get back. And this industry, I mean, he's definitely talking about the industry. It's ruthless. And if you are going to celebrate someone else's failures, like you're going to have that many haters too and they're going to celebrate your failures too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very humbling reminder Mm -hmm. and a great way to be like, hey, you need to be kind. You always need to be kind. Yeah. Yeah. But then he goes on to say, just laugh out loud as if you'll laugh the world away. And this is, to me, this is that sarcastic August D laugh, that mm-hmm. that chuckle of like a indifference. The give it to me, Right. What'd you say? <laughs> the give it to me, The Yungi. give it to me, right. I mean, he did Different it. Range. I mean, we just saw it in Amygdala too. It really is that like you can't fucking change it. Like it's that all you can do is laugh, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is so ridiculous. All you can do is laugh at how obnoxious it is. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit in road to D day too, where he's like, why am I so obsessed? You know, why am I so obsessed with music? And he goes and punches the couch, but he's like laughing at himself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's like, I can't help it. Yeah. 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 So the the post chorus of this song is where we have a real strong change up in the music. The instrumental starts to drop a little bit and you just hear him say 16 times, it's all going to be all right. It's all going to be all right. It's all going to be all right. He says it over and over and it's very calming, very much like a, a mantra, an affirmation of like through all of this stress, through you know all of your hard work that you're doing in the end it's all going to be okay and he's just really it's very comforting it's very meditative how he sings it here at this part of the song and that's when he goes into the bridge yeah and he says dream I hope it to be there with you at your creation and at the end of your life dream I hope it to be generous to you whenever you stand there's also a translation that says that I hope you always be generous Mm -hmm. He says, dream, I hope it to be in full bloom eventually at the end of hardships. Dream, the beginnings will seem humble, so prosperous will the future be. Dream. And so I love that this is that 
that interlude reality dream and the so far away reference where he's doing the dream. Mm. But in between here, he's really giving his like final remarks. I feel like his final pieces of advice to the up and coming artists, you know, the people who are working really hard right now saying like your creation, I hope that it succeeds. You know, it might be tough at the beginning, but it could be really great. Remember to always be kind and generous, even to the people who are people are trying to make your enemies, you know, always be kind. Right. And he really says that I, you know, I'm going to be with you until the end. Yeah. And I hope that you will be prosperous in the yeah. future. Yeah. And I hope your dream comes true. Yeah. And him saying like, I, I hope you bloom like a lotus flower. Like this is getting us back to the first half mm-hmm. of the album again here too. And this like mention of the dream just makes me think about what he had said in the road to D-Day about his new dream mm-hmm. and the shared dream that him and Mr. Sakamoto almost have where he had said that he wanted to be at one point a scholar and to study musical cultures all over the world and mm-hmm. how Yungi has said his new dream is to go and collaborate with local up and coming artists and and they're, you know, using their local instruments all over the world. Yeah. Um, so I love that Yungi is still dreaming. We know he's still dreaming. That's yeah. been such a theme of his. And I love that he's encouraging as his like kind of final words in this dedication to young artists that they can continue to dream no matter mm-hmm. what throughout it all. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we saved it here for the very end, but we've had a refrain throughout the entire song. But here at the end, he sings the refrain one more time, but this is where it gives that first love vibe because this refrain, he really sings it. He raps it so passionately and so intensely. You wouldn't think that it would be the same refrain that he's been doing the whole time because it's so different. But he says, Behind you, growing a dream while watching me, I'll always be standing, so don't worry too much. If you're afraid of falling, I'll gladly catch you. So don't suffer like I did. You, surviving on snoozes to get closer to your dream, it's okay to rest. Today at least, don't even dream. When you silently show me a faint smile, only then I feel a little relieved. And ah, oh, this, I mean, this is the main message of the whole song. Mm-hmm. I really love how he's hes singling out, he's pointing to the, the people who look up up to him who are working so hard right now and saying, hey, I know you're surviving on snoozes and I'm telling you, like, it's okay to rest. It's okay to sleep. Like, I don't want you to go through the pain that I went through, you know? Like, it's going to be okay. Mm. Even stop dreaming, like, for just a little bit, you yes. know? Get your sleep, rest. You deserve rest. And take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Smile. Smile. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you show this faintest smile he then can feel a little bit relieved yeah yeah it's a powerful final message especially in his delivery here um you know it's like the the last bit of advice from the bridge of continuing to dream he's like but not without making sure that you rest like final reminder yeah yeah it seems like yungi that's like one of maybe yungi's regrets is that yeah he he didn't even let himself sleep like he didn't he worked so hard and tirelessly for yeah. so long that he he doesn't want other people to feel like they have to go through all that too right and so he's saying hey i'm here for you mm-hmm. and i'll stand by you until you achieve your dreams yeah. um so please rest oh 
I love mm. it. I love it. Minyungi. It's very comforting. It's so comforting. I love how you said, like, you wish that he would have had this song, that someone could have told this to him, mm-hmm. you know? That's how I feel, you yeah. know? I feel like everybody has that moment in their life or these themes in their lives that they wish so- someone could have advised them on. If mm-hmm. they could have gone back, they could have told told their younger self, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is what that is for him. Yeah. So, yeah, a very passionate message from him. I love this song. It's one of my, like, top three on the album. Yeah, same yeah. here. Yeah. Same here. So let's talk about the last song on the album, Life Goes On. And I originally, when we got the set list, I was like, Life Goes On, but it's not part two. We had found out that it was his original kind of like demo of the song. And BTS took the rest of Life Goes On and completely changed the rest of it. So this yeah. is like Yoongi's original version of the song. And, you know, when we first heard it, it's like, wow, it is vastly different it is from vastly different. the, you know, what we know on B. Mm-hmm. So this song was, of course, produced by Gusty, El Capitan. And then there's a few others on this one, P. RM and J-Hope are on here along with Blush, Chris James and Antonina Armato Um, so quite a few people on here but I love seeing RM and J-Hope as well with P-Dog yeah, um, feels very BTS. Yeah, so BTS. <laughs> we, at the beginning, the instrumental sounds kind of like reversed at the start of the songs. It almost gives like this synthy piano chord vibe also. It reminded me of Rain by the Beatles. Yeah. Because yeah. they have, they reverse the song some. And so it sounds like this reverse of the instrumental at the beginning of the song. Yeah. Very neat. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I know it's it was originally a demo, but to me, it feels a little unrefined. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Like, it just seems a little bit more raw to me. Mm. And, you know, I could be totally wrong about that. But to me, it feels it's not like a straight demo, obviously, like it's very well produced, but it seems a little bit more uncut. Yeah, I, I I get that. I yeah. get that more uncut, more raw vibe. Uh-huh. I do feel like this version of Life Goes On has a super catchy melody. Like this is one of the songs that I catch myself like singing to myself most often on the album. Yeah, if I listen to it, it's stuck in my head. I love it. I love it so much. And yeah. I love Yoongi's singing voice with it too. I just, Me I too. think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And with the the vibe of this song, it feels like there's like a bit of hope peeking through some somberness and like some acceptance going on as well. Oh yeah, definitely. And there's a very empathetic vibe that Snooze also has. Like it's very understanding of the changes and the emotions that go that go along with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so getting into the lyrics, he starts with the intro and he says, for some reason we've moved away, but we don't blame anyone. It's nothing between us. I said I couldn't take it off. I keep getting scared. I'm afraid we'll go away forever. And for me, especially knowing when the song is coming out of like pandemic times when mm-hmm. the, the B album was being created, the we obviously is like BTS and there's nothing between us saying like there's not a problem between them or a particular issue that Mm -hmm. got them here this is like the pandemic happened to them it's not their fault what's happening to them him saying I couldn't take it off and afraid that we'll go away forever I feel like it's him mentioning his fear that we know he has of stopping or slowing down because what's that gonna mean for BTS what's that gonna mean for him if they do yeah and they're forced to here so a very real fear yeah yeah and I, I think armies went through a lot of that too we just, definitely just did. not knowing but of course bts news before we did right yeah 
In the first verse, he says, I will borrow this music and give it to you. People say the world has changed. Fortunately, our relationship hasn't changed yet. Let's say goodbye, not bye. Hello. And I really just love, like, this is some of the same lyrics from his verse and Life Goes On, the actual version. You also hear the mm, 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 amazing, you know, which is in his <laughs> verse of Life Goes On, but you hear, you hear it here again in his version of Life Goes On. And I particularly love the line of, People say the world has changed, which, of course, COVID pandemic, the world really did change. But he says, fortunately, our relationship hasn't. And it makes me think of BTS and ARMY and just BTS's brothers. Yeah. Yes. Like, even with all of that change, there's some things that are still constant. Yeah. Yeah. In the pre-chorus, he says, as time goes by, someone will be forgotten. Just do what you want. Time is like a wave. It will be washed away like the ebb. But don't forget to find me. And so to me, this really comes across as that time can heal the pain of the past that we experienced, especially like in relation to the pandemic and what we all lost during that time. Um, But we'll find each other in the future. It's that hope that don't forget to find me like we will be together again. Yeah. 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 It's very optimistic. Yeah. And then in the chorus, he says, the moment where everyone stopped, the porch that looks far away today, life goes on, life goes on. The moment when everyone fall, fell apart, our relationship is getting farther than yesterday. Life goes on, life goes on. This is just really the vibe of the pandemic. Think about a porch, everybody there on their homes, like the most you can do is like step outside your house basically. Yeah. And everybody, you know, relationship suffering being, you know, like the time and distance between you just getting far away. But even so, life continued on. Yeah. yeah, and I like how it still has that message of life goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like a, an accept like this is that somber acceptance here. Like he feels a little regretful that like there is this distance and there is this time, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, well, that is that is life, and yeah. it feels like life a little changes. bit life yeah. changes, yeah. but it's gonna be fine. Yeah, it yeah. was just the pandemic was such a heavy hit, you know, such a drastic change. Yeah. You know, it was a little harder to cope with some of those emotions that go along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the second verse, he says, the place where I passed for 10 years with countless wounds and glory, looking back each moment of memories, I've been running like it was the last time, but I'm still scared. I know this place right now, a place that will soon become a memory. Don't be afraid until the end of my life because life will go on forever I also feel like this is very optimistic too in that like I the mention of running like you know BT, run BTS BTS yes. has always been running and feeling like this is the last time like feeling like they always have to be on the go um and then he's acknowledging that like he's been through this over these past 10 years and you know he can know a little bit what to expect but he's still scared but he kind of comforts himself in this and saying like don't be afraid because life will go on forever you know like this too will become a memory Mm -hmm. and um you know that don't don't worry too much don't fear too much for the future Life goes on, life goes on. It's yeah. it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, because of course after that verse, then we get that pre-chorus and that chorus again, mm-hmm. just reminding us that life does go on and we yeah. will continue on. Um, I love this here at the end of the album. It was an unexpected, still surprise, like to get this kind of like really? different version but of life. But didn't RM goes on. say that it was so good that he thought it needed to be on an album too? Yeah. Like they were like, it's just too great of a song. And they were 
totally correct. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love the song. I, I, I love too. it as yeah. much as the original Life Goes On on their B album. So like I feel like I don't know. I really like Life Goes On on B. I, I love I just, both. I'm a sucker for this melody so yeah. much and just Yoongi's delivery. But like both songs are incredible. Yeah. yeah. Overall, this album, I mean, I would have to say my top three songs are Amygdala, D-Day and snooze in mm-hmm. no particular order yeah. that changes every moment of mm-hmm. every day you know it's just whatever the vibe is but I fucking love those songs but every song on this album I feel like is so incredible it has its place even and the I, interlude like even I just the can't get past that it's like what just over a minute long yeah. and it's just fantastic but it's so necessary it's so yeah. needed it's so needed for yeah. that emotional kind of release after those heavy topics mm-hmm. um, I also love here that it really does feel like he's wrapping up the trilogy of the Augusti albums and tying up some loose ends of some thoughts and themes that he had lyrically delivered in mm-hmm. Augusti and in D2. You so, get a lot of that with yeah. D-Day. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's phenomenal. Musical genius. Musical genius, for sure. I'm still thinking about Polar Night right now. (laughs) (laughs) I really do love Polar Night. Yeah. It really Uh, is like that continuation of Strange. Yeah, I'm freaking obsessed with Strange. And now... It's just one of those topics that you can talk about forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that he uses his platform to like bring attention to very important topics like... Like in Polar Night, polarization is a big issue and not just an issue in the United States or an issue in South Korea, but an issue in all over the world. Yeah. 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 And I mean, he talked about that same type of thing in Strange. And I think that he's talking about a systemic issue of like the industry and how it preys on young artists and snooze. And, you know, he's really talking about big topics in each one of these songs. He's he talks about love. um, And that's what Gus D has done this whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about D1, D2 and D day. All three are like, all of the songs are heavy hitters, yeah. like big topics. Vulnerability. Yeah. You know, the, the vulnerability that he shares with us. Oh, yeah. And just getting his perspective, I do feel like he is so wise. And so I love to see what he has to say about these things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we are going to be going to his concert this coming weekend oh! in Chicago. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Oh, man. So, guys, next week we're going to be coming back again with another episode. We just of, don't stop. We don't stop. We haven't stopped. Yeah. But we're going to do our concert review. Uh, yeah. We're going to get to see him live. I'm so oh. excited. We have our outfits. We're mm-hmm. trying to avoid social media. We just to don't be know the set list. We, we don't know we the have, set list. You know, a couple songs spoiled, but like we are trying to keep it a surprise. Yes. So we're so excited. And yeah, we can't wait to talk to you guys about that and yeah. share our album or our concert experience there. We really hope that you enjoyed part two of our D-Day album review. We're really interested in your thoughts on these songs. Yeah. So you can reach out to us, comment on our posts or reach out to us via social DM. Of course, come to the iconic hangout whenever we have it on one of our free Mondays. We'll try to find one soon. Yeah. And then we can all disseminate on all of these I amazing songs we've done together. Like two and a half hours of 
this review literally like between the two part one and part two i know so much to say i know thank god for two part episodes (laughs) we have so much to say yeah but Uh, um we really love this album and we hope that you do too you can let us know what you what you thought about the album review and the album itself mm -hmm. you know in all of those places and of course put your sunscreen on it's skin (laughs) cancer awareness month and like always we do want to thank our supporters on patreon especially our vip iconics vip iconic care packages coming soon to Eileen Michelle Holly Meg Rachel and Robin thank you guys so much for your support we love you so much and uh, you can find links for all of those things in the description thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS